Hey guys, and welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about the COO, business partner, and one of the C-suite at Link2, which is a proud sponsor of our channel. And we're very excited to talk to you not only about the journey that Link2 has gone through, the product that is Link2, but we're also going to talk a little bit about what you guys know as our vision statement, which is financial sovereignty. I am joined today by Joseph Endozo. Joe, how are you doing, my friend? I'm very well. Jeff, thanks. Absolutely. Glad that <laughs> Thank you, you for having me uh, as a guest. Really Absolutely. appreciate it making the time for me. Absolutely. Well, we're glad that you could be here. You said that you were in New York. You've been traveling all over Kingdom Come trying to build this amazing company that you guys are working on. Is that right? Yeah, we're super busy. We've, you know, been blessed um, and have been uh, enjoying tremendous growth since we launched the investment platform back in February of 2020. And uh, so, yeah, it takes a lot of uh, getting around and, you know, getting the word out about what we're trying to do and uh, getting lots of uh, folks sort of behind the mission of, of the company. That's amazing. And, you know, I want you to just uh, to start off by telling us a little bit about that journey from the beginning of 2020 to where we are now. It's been a little over two years. What is that journey from, you know, idea to founding, to building out the team, to getting the product up and running? What is that uh, journey looked like for Link2 and his team? Yeah, um, that's a that's a great question. That's got many facets uh, to its answer, right? So, um, first of all, I mentioned I think at the start of our conversation, Jeb, that uh, the company was actually nine years old when I met it back in 2019. So, our CEO and founder, Bill Saris, uh, had built Link to some nine nine years before then, starting in 2010. But what they had built was a very different company than what it is today, right? It started out with the idea of trying to help um, small to mid-sized banks uh, use mobile apps to better engage with their customers and sort of bring them into the 21st century, the digital. Um, so Bill and, and a team that he had brought with him out, that they came out of Intuit, the big software company, right? That's sort of what they'd been doing for the first nine years of the company's life. But when I met him, uh, met Bill back in 2019, they were doing this exercise, we're trying to figure out how do we pivot this company? How do we take a lot of the technical skills and some of the IP that we'd created, right, with mobile apps and such, and turn it towards a much more um, productive and large addressable market, right? And out of that exercise in 2019 came this idea that let's attack private markets, because it's uh, it's a huge wealth creation engine, has been for the last 25, 30 years, but it's an engine that's been accessible only to very few parties out there. And all of those parties are, for the most part, large investment institutions and also ultra high net worth guys, billionaires, basically, very wealthy people, but not to the regular guy. Right. So the whole idea was let's democratize that space. Let's use technology to make it efficient to democratize that space and bring in lots and lots of small individual investors. Um, I had I had come to that exercise of, you know, pivoting the company linked to from a prior experience, Jeb, I'd spent approximately three years before then with a crypto startup. Right. And um, that was, um, an, uh, you know, an attempt to build um, a very, very high performance um, electronic trading platform to help institutional investors basically trade crypto. Right. In, in a way that at the time wasn't 
possible. And in a way that was a lot closer to the way that those same institutions today are trading other asset classes, right? So, um, you know, what I took from that exercise wasn't so much, you know, this institutional product idea, but what those years taught me was the power, the power of blockchain technology to open markets up and to democratize things by basically eliminating a lot of central intermediaries and allowing for people to deal much more directly right with one another in in markets and so it's that foundational idea and principle that we brought into link to that's why we're a democratization play at link to and that's the reason why we're now going to be moving our platform on chain through a blockchain implementation well, I think that's amazing because that that goes along with the cultural shift that we're seeing in the last 10, 20 years. You talk about things like Uber for ride sharing. You talk about things like Airbnb for home sharing. And you, and you bring this barrier to entry down. Um, I'm blanking on the company's name that does the same thing with office space. Uh, but either way, there's a lot of different companies that are democratizing different, at, different things that people own. And it just yep. makes sense that one of the next steps would be allowing for people to purchase companies that have not gone public yet. But for the average person who doesn't really know the difference between a private or a public company that doesn't understand the huge upside benefit to being able to invest in a private company pre-IPO, can you explain what the value proposition behind Link2 is and why that's so valuable to your customers? Yeah, it's tremendously important simply because in our world today, right, um, tech innovation um, and, and the companies behind that are the single biggest point of value creation in the global economy, right? I, I think, um, you know, there. if you listen to uh, the CEO of Microsoft at his earnings call back in April, he made a statement along the lines that he expects that in the next 10 years, 50% of GDP is going to be spent on technology. Yeah. So it's an important and single largest, um, you know, um, value creation uh source within within the global economy. But having said that, the companies in that space are, as I said, not available for investment while they're private. So folks like you and me have to wait for these companies to basically go to the public market before we can invest in them, right? And the problem with that proposition, proposition is that by then, um, you've lost a lot of the value creation while they were private because in the old days, um, meaning, you know, in, in, in the 90s, in the 80s, in the early 2000s, um, the, the time a company stayed private, the median time they were private before they went public was about anywhere between four to five years. Today, that median, median time of being a private company is closer to 12 years. So, so much value is getting created by these companies while they are private. And that's the point when you want to be investing in them, not waiting for them to be fully valued in the public market, right? The the big problem is how do you do that if you're a regular guy? So that's the problem we're trying to solve. We're seeing this huge asset class. Um, you know, in the world today, there's about more than 1,100 tech companies that are unicorns already, meaning their valuations a billion dollars or above. Think about that. More than 1,100 companies already today. Their total market value in the private market today is in excess of $4 trillion, Jeb. But how do you get 
to invest in one of those 1,100 companies and in that have a value of more than $4 trillion today if you're a regular guy? The answer is you can't or it's not going to be real easy. Right? Or you use LinkedIn. Yeah, well, there, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> and that's the problem we're solving. Well, that makes a lot of sense. You know, we look at things like the cryptocurrency market and we think, oh, wow, there's such massive 16,000% growth, you know, from the beginning of the pandemic to $3.13 on Cardano, it was a 16,700% run on Cardano. If that were a company, most of that value appreciation probably would have happened pre-IPO. If Cardano were a company, it probably still wouldn't be public. So unless you were able to privately invest in Cardano, if it were a stock, you wouldn't be able to capitalize on that unless you're an accredited investor, which is very difficult to become unless you use something like unless you use you guys with LinkTo. So yeah. there's a value proposition is that stocks don't appreciate less than cryptos. You just get in after 90% of the earnings are already made, right? You get in, yeah, while the value is being built, because um, like I said, when a company goes public, it's got number one to meet um, certain listing requirements, right, in order to go public. So a company is going to take time to meet those listing requirements. The other part of it is that, frankly, many private companies today already meet those listing requirements, but it's a lot more comfortable for them to continue building their markets and their customer base while remaining private, because then they don't have to be bothered with all the, the constant reporting and the disclosures and yeah. all the pressures that come with being a public company. So there are lots and lots of reasons why these companies stay private, right? Um, that doesn't mean that while they're private, they're not growing in value. Because think about it. I mean, if you've got 1,100 companies today that are a billion dollars and up in value, those companies didn't wake up one morning and they were already a billion. Started at zero and they got to a billion. So who was riding that elevator up from zero to a billion? Wasn't you and me. Now we're trying to make it you and me. That's, that's just, yeah, right? So how do you do that with LinkedIn? Let's break, let's okay. break it down. How do you do that? Yeah, there's a couple of things without going into too much detail, but the basic mechanics are this, right? So the thing about um, making investments in restricted private company stock is that the transactions are super difficult. They're very time consuming. They're laborious. They're very documentation extensive. They entail closing risks, meaning you're you're not certain you're going to close. And I'll explain that in a minute. And they require big dollars to transact. So we've tried to take care of each of those frictions, right? We've removed the documentation intensity. We've removed all the, the, the complexity of doing the, the transaction. We've removed the, the large ticket sizes that you need to transact. Because typically in that private market, because it's institutional, right, the, the trades that are happening are in the tens of millions, right? The median size is, is about eight million, right? It's hard for regular people to be writing eight million dollar checks day in and day out. So we got to make it affordable by fractionalizing investments so that they're bite sized and, and digestible by regular people. Um, and then we've taken away the closing risk. Because in, in private transactions, and this is different than in the public market, everything, everything is subject to the consent of the issuing company. The company that issues the stock has a right to say whether, you know, stock can transfer from one owner to another, whether stock can be issued by the company itself. It's 
directly within the control, the exclusive control of the issuing company. In in the public equities market, you go to your brokerage account and buy any damn stock that's listed. You don't have to say mother may I, right? Because it's all freely tradable and registered by definition, it's freely tradable. Uh, in the private market, it's not. Right. So so that consent and getting that consent is a time consuming thing. Companies will have, you know, anywhere from, you know, 60 to 120 days to give that consent. And if at the end they say, no, we're not going to consent to it, we're just going to buy the stock back. You are screwed, basically. Right. Because you, you've had your money in escrow waiting for this thing to close. And then at the end of the line, you find out the company's not going to give you consent and just buy the, the shares back for itself. So you end up with no trade. So we use our own capital, Jeb, to, to go through that very painful, you know, brain damaging process with the closing risk and get get it to close. And. Only after we've closed and secured that investment do we then turn around and we make it available to fractional owners through our platform. So when you come to the Link2 platform to invest, you don't have to go through any of those hurdles because we've already gone through it for you, Mm. right? And you can literally click to invest because at that point, the stock is sitting in one of our SBBs. We've secured it for you and we've used our own capital. And this is also, by the way, a really important distinction between us and many of the folks in private markets. So most private investing today um, is done through funds, right? So if you're a wealthy enough individual to invest in these funds, you basically give them your money. They turn around, take your money and invest it in private tech companies, right? And they get paid a fee for managing that investment. And then they take a portion of your gain as part of their compensation too. And in the meantime, while you're holding that investment, they charge you all the expenses of running, et cetera, et cetera, right? We said, forget that. That's not going to work for the little guys, right? So in our model, we don't use your money. We use our money. So why is that important? It's important because we hold the whole bag of risk. If if we make an investment in, you know, XYZ company, pick a company, BlockFi, BitPay, Ripple, whatever it is, right? And you decide, Jeb, that you don't like that investment for whatever reason, right? You, you think the price is too expensive. You think, you know, you don't like the founder. You think you, their business model sucks and isn't going to work. I don't care what your reason is. You are under no obligation to participate in that investment. And we're going to hold the bag. Simple as that, right? Wow. Okay. So the comfort that gives you is somebody else has already taken the risk before you did. And you have no obligation to participate in that risk. That is a very, very different proposition than what everybody else is doing, where they say, give me your money first, I'll invest it. If you win, I'll take 20% of it. If you lose, sorry, it was a bad day in the market. Hmm. Wow, that's really powerful. Yeah. Wow, okay, so that's really, so so then people go to linktocom L-I-N-Q-T-O.com and 
if you want to start investing in private companies, then this is definitely the place to do it. What is the minimum that people have to invest? Because that's because like what what are because you've brought down so many of the barriers to entry. What now are some of the barriers to entry? Because they seem to be very very small. This seems like you said to be something that the little guy can get in on and really start making some big gains. Yeah. So the single biggest barrier to entry, which, uh, you know, we're, we're obviously trying to try to overcome, Jeb, to be honest, but we it's not entirely in our control because of regulation, is the accredited investor requirement, right? So if you're American, you know, you've got requirements that have to do with basically your financial wherewithal in order to basically allow you to invest in this asset class. And if you're a European, they have their own set of rules. So most developed countries have rules that restrict access to this asset class because it's illiquid. It carries certain risks that, you know, public equities don't. And so they try to limit it and say, oh, you have to be a certain a certain level of wealth. So that's a single biggest um, biggest hurdle, right? So in the States, what does that mean? It means have to have at least, you know, uh, income of more than $200,000 for the last two years, or alternately, you can have a net, a net worth of at least a million bucks, not counting the value of your home, right? If you meet those requirements as an individual, though, you can invest in this asset class. And, and then on link two, the minimum investment is $10,000, Wow, that's so much lower than eight million. How about that? Well, that's a hell of a lot lower. Heck yeah. No, well, that, well, that's see, that's what I love, and then we we can transition a little bit into this idea of financial sovereignty too, because what you guys are doing, like you said, is you're democratizing private equity markets. I think that's a great way of summing it up. You guys are democratizing private equity markets, and that's really what Bitcoin came along to do. Is it, it was designed to democratize financial sovereignty, because one of the things we talk about all the time on the channel here is taking back control of your financial situation and systems from the powers that be that have their best interest at heart and are self-servant, self-servient, and putting it back into our hands, those of us who know how to use our funds the best. I joke all the time, yeah, we've paid so much money in taxes because the government knows how to waste it better than we do, so they need it, right? Well, yeah. the good yeah. news is that if you hold on to it yourself, now we know how to waste it best, and that's where it belongs. No, of course, hopefully we're not wasting our money, we're being you know, wise, but how do you think link to Bitcoin and this concept of financial sovereignty all tie together? Because it seems like they're all very correlated. That's one of the reasons they're, they're, they're very correlated. And we're, we're actually um, going to converge those two worlds ourselves by, you know, um, uh, moving uh, our investment platform to the blockchain. Right. We, we, wow. we didn't do that from the very start for a simple reason, Jeb. We felt it was much more important to prove that this investment product that we've put together has a real market and can get people behind it. And we've now proven that. But remember, back in 2019, it was a bright gleam in Bill's eyes and mine and the, the rest of our very, very tiny team back then, right? But it wasn't something that we could point to and say, it's real. Today, it's real. We have 50,000 plus members around the world that have proven it's real. They have put more than 125 million bucks of their money alongside ours in these investments to prove it's real. We have invested in 41 companies so far, private tech companies that know we are real because we have been shareholders of theirs. And six of those companies have gone public on the stock exchange. 
and they're real, right? And you can still buy their stock today in the public markets if you want. Coinbase, Robinhood, SoFi, Marketa, Anovium, and then, you know, soon to come NerdWallet, although we'll have to wait and see. I didn't know NerdWallet was about to go public. That's a big story. Yeah, they, they filed a confidential IPO, although I, I'm sure they're sitting back and waiting for the market to come back because right hmm. now the IPO windows closed, right? right. Um, but eventually, that's a, it's a great company that will 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 make their way to the public market. Um, so in any case, um, <clears throat> the proof of concept uh, is is there, and and now we have enough critical mass in terms of market and capital that's been accumulated on the platform to to begin that next step of evolution and and move to the chain. And what what moving to the chain is going to do is allow us to take advantage, right, of all of the the technical, um, you know, advantages of, of being a blockchain. It'll allow us to 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 do transactions in a much more secure way, right, because of the the immutable, you know, data that 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 can be captured on 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 chain ledgers. Um, it'll allow us to to process and settle payments. Um, uh, and trades in a much more uh, fast and efficient way. It allows us to use smart contracts to make sure that transfers of ownership of, of these investments when they're tradable between accredited investors takes place in a regulatorily compliant, but also easily clearable way. Um, and, the, and most importantly, it'll allow us to, to basically aggregate liquidity Around these investments in 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 a much more efficient and 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 broad way. So what do I mean by that? Today, when you make private investments, Jeb, they're illiquid, right? So right. the the what happens is that these institutions that dominate the market will will have a certain pocket of their portfolio that's allocated to this class of private stocks, and and they know going in that these stocks are going to be illiquid until there's a public liquidity event, public market liquidity event. So they go in knowing that they're going to be illiquid for a certain period of time. And that can be a long period of time. If you invest in an early stage fund, for example, your money's going to get locked up for as much as 10, 10 years, right? Um, you know, in our case, what we've done is um, we're going to be creating an alternative trading system and we're getting regulatory approvals. We should have them in the next 60 days, right? To operate a trading platform that will also be linked to where if you make an investment in one of our private tech companies, but for whatever reason, you decide you don't want to wait or you can't wait, right? For the IPO of that that those shares, you can actually sell your link to investment to other members on the platform and get liquidity, oh. right? So you're making an open market with private equities. Yes, huh. amongst these small investors. Now think about That's what the huge. implications are when those those entities are tokenized, those investments are tokenized and tradable on chain. So we've now got a we'll have a blockchain based exchange where those securities tokens that link to creates can trade. And because they're securities tokens, we can list them not just on our exchange, they can be listed on other crypto exchanges and they can then become, and this is the great part, right? They can then become interoperable with crypto. So I can take my Bitcoin and I can use it on an exchange 
to make to buy those linked to securities tokens as long as I'm an accredited investor. Huh. Right. That's really, really big. That's the marriage of stocks and and crypto of of, of equities and crypto. Correct. Sheesh. Well, that's a huge deal because what you're basically doing is you're bringing back in, you're bringing stocks into interoperability with cryptocurrency. That is a huge, huge, huge idea. Well, Joe, we're going to have to go, but Tell us what, where can we find link to obviously link to.com. Is there any social media that we can follow to keep updated about this for anyone who wants to invest on link to, how would they do that? Find us on, you can find us on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, we, you know, telegram, uh, as well. And, uh, check us out on social media, Facebook. Um, but also the most important thing is just come to our, come to our, uh, website, uh, download our app and reach out to us, right? If you want somebody to give you a call from link to, we're happy to do that. We've got a really active customer success team and a sales team. They'll be happy to schedule a call with you, explain to you how things work, what the nature of the different investments are that are available and get you started. That's incredible. Well, Joe, I really appreciate you taking the time, buddy. And uh, we really look forward to seeing what all everybody's going to be able to do on LinkedIn and what you guys do bringing the average person to private equities and bringing private equities to crypto. That's just incredible what you guys are doing. Thank you so very much for your time. Thank you, Jeb. Really enjoyed our conversation. Stay in touch with me, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'd love, love, to, bring- love to learn more about what you're doing and, uh, and, and continue this conversation offline. Absolutely. Appreciate that, yep. Joe. You have a Thanks. good one. Great to meet you. Bye. Good to meet you. Bye. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Also, comment down below so we can continue to give you the best videos possible. Peace. Peace.